Philippians 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by my news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me, and I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. I've thought it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. For he has been longing for you all and has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Indeed, he was ill, near to death. But God had mercy on him. And not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men. For he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. End of reading. 
Well, we're picking up in Philippians chapter 2. And as usual, the context is that Paul is in prison when he's writing this letter. Um, And in the previous chapter, the situation that he's in is that, uh, you know, he's speaking to the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. So that's verse 1. So he's speaking to uh, a church body and uh, even leaders in that church body. So there's uh, some kind of established order there. And he says that he wants them to know that what has happened to him, this is in verse 12, and that it's referring to his imprisonment in verse 7. His imprisonment has really served to advance the gospel. And he says also that, verse 14, most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So he says there that in Paul's absence, most of the brothers have actually risen to the occasion. They're not saying like, oh man, what are we going to do without Paul? He's irreplaceable. We can't we can't lead this thing ourselves. We need him to get out of prison. No, it says, by Paul's imprisonment, most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord and are much more bold to speak the word without fear. And then in verse 15, because notice it says most of the brothers. Um, in verse 15, it says, some of the brothers or some people indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry but others from from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am here for the defense of the gospel, but the former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Now, the reason I uh, read that is because there's, there's, you know, implicit reference to, to these uh, different people, how they're behaving in Paul's absence. There's reference of that in, in, this, uh, in this chapter as well. Um, so uh, he starts in chapter 2, and again, there, there's no such thing as chapters. That's just what we have. Um, he says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, which that's the thing that he was accusing some people of doing. They preach Christ out of selfish ambition or conceit, or they seek to inflict harm on Paul. They see his absence as an opportunity to trash him and to, you know, elevate themselves. And he says, you know, in verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And the example that he gives of this, of this attitude, of this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, is Jesus. He's the example of that. How he didn't do what he did to take advantage of people 
or to seek his own temporary uh, selfish ambition. But what Jesus did in humbling himself and emptying himself and becoming obedient even to the point of death, all of that was for our benefit and his glory. Uh, so we should do the same. We should do what we do for the benefit of others as well as the glory of Jesus. So he's saying, he's telling us to to be like Christ in, in that way. Who's that? the greatest example of someone who could have uh, taken advantage of the opportunity for his own selfish ambition, uh, but instead used it to serve all of us and to uh, bring glory to to his name, which he totally deserves. If we do stuff to bring glory to our name, then we, we don't deserve it. So that's messed up. But him doing it for the glory to his name makes sense because he deserves all of it. Uh, so in verse 12, Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now not only as in my presence, but now in this situation, Obey much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Uh, so there he is again encouraging them to say, he's encouraging them saying, um, my absence is an opportunity for you guys to grow. To He says, yes, you were obedient and faithful when I was there in your presence. And now that I'm not there, obey even more. Uh, let it increase. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Uh, and then uh, later on, he talks about how he's sending Timothy and Epaphroditus as well. Uh, and he says in verse 19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you. Verse 20, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Now, that's a really nice thing to say about Timothy, uh, but it's also implicitly saying <laughs> that there aren't many people who actually care about the, the saints in Philippi. I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for their welfare, for your welfare, excuse me. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Um, so uh, that's you know Paul's endorsement of Timothy, and it you know it really does matter. And so I guess if I guess if we're in a position of of entrusting someone else to a body of believers or a group of people, um, I guess in the context of Christian ministry. I mean, we should be able to say this. It's not just a matter of, yeah, you know, they're smart enough. Uh, they'll figure it out. They're, you know, they read the Bible uh, enough times. Uh, no, Paul says, I have no one like Timothy who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare and not seeking his own interests, but those of Jesus Christ. Um, and I think all of us hope that that kind of description would describe us if we're entrusted people 
underneath our ministry that we would have that same that same endorsement that we genuinely care for their welfare and we don't seek our own interests but those of Jesus Christ in that ministry um and then we have Epaphroditus it says Epaphroditus my fellow brother fellow worker fellow soldier your messenger and minister to my need um so i think those should be also that i think those should be things we aspire for in uh in ministry in our different capacities and different areas of influence is to be fellow brothers fellow workers fellow soldiers um a messenger to people and a minister to to the needs of of others um and then in verse 29 or verse 30 it says or sorry yeah in verse 29 he says that we should honor such men referring to epaphroditus we should honor such men because he risked his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me so all in all i think if we look at this this uh these first two chapters holistically one of the things that i take away is that uh paul is really emphasizing how god uses real people to to do his work in this in this world you know it says in in verse uh, 14 do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless innocent children of god without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. So here we have a bunch of examples. We got Paul. We got those brothers in Philippi who stepped up to this, uh, to Paul's vacancy. We've got Timothy. We've got Epaphroditus. And we've got all, we've got all these guys shining as lights in the world. That we're shining as God's light in the world children of god without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation uh so i think that should be uh an inspiration for all of us and something we should all aspire to be